Over Matter Talks. We are your hosts. I'm Marcia, inspirational speaker, author, mentor, and mother. Hey, I'm Kai, and I'm a creative entrepreneur and motivational author. So I am back in the UAE after a successful trip to the UK. Um, Just want to take this time to thank all our listeners um, for always being ever faithful and sharing and giving us your feedback. We really do truly appreciate all that you have to say. Yes. So Kai, um, today we're going to talk about going along that path, that path of being less travelled. We figured that it was... um, a good thing to talk about one simply because I went away and even before I went away you know lots of people were sort of saying to me well you know are you sure you should travel and um is you know you know what's going on in the world and and I just knew in the pit of my stomach that I needed to go home um I needed to go home and um and so I did and I absolutely have no regrets whatsoever so just kind of wanting to unpack really uh, a little bit more um, as to why it is us as humans, we feel that we've got to go with the grain as opposed to going against the grain. Because what mm. I've certainly found, and I don't know about you, Kai, is that a lot of the beautiful paths that I found only happened when I got lost. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I think for myself, and it's beautiful how you've come to this, obviously, on your way back and you've, you know, reflected and had such a nice time away. It's always good when you see family and, you know, reconnect and stuff like that, especially being in the UAE. I think we're so used to having things move at a certain pace and, yeah. uh, you know, we've got the sun shining every day and, and that's all fantastic. However, in, you know, another reality, you speak to family and friends daily, mm-hmm. you know, so speaking to them daily is one thing, but then physically being there exactly. um, and, and you know, seeing the seasons changing and, you know, things that have been built or buildings that might not be there anymore. And and, and I guess even especially this year with the pandemic, how mm-hmm. that's affecting people that are not living in the environment you're living, you know, although you're speaking to them, it's, it's seeing it from different eyes. But um, I really do agree with you. And I think it's, as humans, we tend to want to, there's a thing called group think. And when one person thinks a certain way, um, a little bit, I wouldn't say sheep mentality, but mm-hmm. a little bit um, like going with what you know is a safe route uh, because it's been proven before. You've seen the previous human do it and, and that's human nature. We we are uh, alike, you know, but when you aren't sure and you want sometimes that certainty, unfortunately, sometimes that certainty is only going to come by getting lost. And that's ideally not what you want to hear in the beginning. Oh, just go out and get lost and you'll be fine. But once you have the courage to just do that and actually be okay with whatever the decision is and what the outcome is, um, I think the most beautiful things happen. So I'm really, really glad that you've had this thought process after you've come back. You've only been back like, 24 hours, if that, 48 hours, maybe? 48 hours, yeah. I mean, it definitely, it's not just isolated to the fact that I travelled, you know. I mean, I I see life as a journey anyway, you know, and um, I see it as 
we have many forks and we have to make choices. Um, and I know some of the choices I've made, I could never have even imagined what would have been mm. down that road if I didn't have the faith to step out mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. walk down it. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm saying this, that it's not been easy to do that. Yeah. You know, it's it, when we take the road that's less traveled, it comes with a lot of other things. Yeah. Um, and for me personally, it came with losing friends, Mm -hmm. falling out maybe with family members mm -hmm. um it, it was a lot it's lonely it can be lonely very um and uh, something that we posted in our mind over matter group um actually today was um you know when you when your vibe is rising your your tribe can sometimes become smaller Mm -hmm. um and I, I don't know have you experienced that Kai have you experienced where absolutely I think previously I, I I've always been around a lot of friends and I've, I'm very very fortunate that I had an older brother I had older cousins that was like if you don't need anything if anyone ever troubles you you know call on me kind of thing um but I was a popular girl at school and not the it girl but I just you know because of my older brother and my cousins I was well connected to the right people I guess mm -hmm. um and then just I don't know being liked and likable by many people I, I did find when I was younger I did more people pleasing but as time's gone on I've realized that I I've just had to uh make decisions that sometimes don't suit what people think or people like and, and actually I've been on the other end of doing it the people pleasing way so much mm -hmm. that I'm miserable mm -hmm. and I'm now at the point of saying I don't want to be miserable anymore so I'm going to do it my way right um so of course there's so many lessons whether that was school or university or career choice even when I wanted to quit jobs actually right. and I knew <laughs> in my soul like exactly. listen I just couldn't right I remember specifically there was one job I think <laughs> so so on I was doing customer service in um, a small family owned company but it was a large uh, shirt maker mm -hmm. uh, a large name and so um, they were growing you know fantastically but the team did not grow and so um, the revenue was was increasing in fact doubling each year which was just amazing but of course that means more customers more wor workload more everything and I just remember feeling so overworked and underappreciated at the time. And I think I complained about it for about six months until I got so sick of hearing my own voice right. that I just decided that I had to leave because, mm -hmm. you know, complaining and moaning to my mom or to friends who just, you know, I felt didn't understand. And quite frankly, they weren't because they were in my shoes. But, you know, a lot of people would say, but we're, we were actually just on the brink of a recession. And I actually just was made redundant from the previous job when I got into this job mm -hmm. but I knew it just wasn't right for me I knew they weren't listening to a lot of the things that the team were saying I knew they weren't appreciating myself and the team and I just I just knew it wasn't where I was supposed to be so although financially I didn't have another solution I literally started preparing for the next thing and uh, I was there just under a year but I started you know clearing out folders I started <laughs> I started just getting ready for the next job I was getting, even though I never had one, if that makes sense. I didn't have one lined no, up. No, but that, 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 that's, that is actually 
a perfect example of manifestation, right? Because you yeah. you started to actually visualize and to you know encompass the the feeling and the emotion of being in that new job. Um, yeah. And I think it's important to point out here that you know again that decision probably wasn't easy, but it wasn't. I had so many rewards of making that decision because you dared, you dared to get off the path that, the the common path, the regular path that everybody thought you should be on. Yeah. Well, I had, of course, my mum say, well, what what, what are you going to do? Because the talking and the moaning, the complaining wasn't now (laughs) me having an outlet to vent. It was now I'm going to do this. And so it, of course, turned into, what do you mean you're going to quit? What do you mean you're gonna resign? How are you gonna resign? <laughs> resign? Like, you know, but I'm like, well, I can't come home upset about this on a daily basis for the yeah. next six months. And I, you know, I knew that I couldn't keep doing this, coming home, complaining, crying, upset, you know, in despair. And it, I think just deep down, even though I never had the next answer of what job I was going to go into or what was going to come and rescue me, I knew that staying was not the answer either. Because I, I just thought, if they're not going to listen to me, even HR, my boss is going to make my job even harder. You know, my colleagues, we were all equally just feeling so underappreciated. So I just thought, this, this can't be it. So when they were talking about, oh, you know, we're going to be in the new office and we're going to do this, literally in my mind, I was like, I know I'm not going to be in the new office. Oh, we're going to be doing this yeah. when we get the new computers. <laughs> I'm not going to have a new computer. Oh, because then, you know, I swear, because I was like, I I know I'm not going to be here. So that helped me to start packing and start shifting. Okay, move this to these folders, put this here. So the person after me who's come in knows where to find this stuff. And lo and behold, about a month into that thought process of me unpacking and and just, yeah, this ain't going to work. I was called by my previous boss, in the job that I was made redundant from, she actually was in a new role um, consulting for a company and somebody had gone on maternity leave and uh, she was like, I'd love you to come and uh, consult with me. So uh, what are you up to right now? Are you in another job? And I was like, well, not anymore because I'm resigning. <laughs> and that's that's how that came about, you know. So uh, I think it goes back to, you know, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And I, I was literally in that mindset because I just, it helped me every day instead of just feeling like I never had the control, it put me back in control and I wasn't actively looking for a job, but I was lining up that thought process. Yeah. So, I mean, actually, thank you for sharing that because that has actually reminded me of a time in my life uh, or it's brought me back to that time where, you know, I was in my marriage and I knew that I it wasn't for me anymore and I really wanted to leave the marriage and I remember speaking about it to my friends and speaking about it to my family and I was getting the same questions that you were getting asked which is well what are you going to do you know how are you going to support yourself how are you going to support children and so everything that was being put to me was not about my mental well-being or my uh, it was all about practical Mm. logistical things and that really 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 affected my mental health because Mm -hmm. I knew in the pit of my stomach that this is not what I want anymore and even though I couldn't necessarily articulate it 
in ways that everybody could understand, but I knew it wasn't working for me. It wasn't fueling me in the way that I needed to be fueled. Mm -hmm. And, but at the same time, I was feeling guilty for feeling that way. Um, And so I just found that I was in this cycle Mm -hmm. of, well, I know it's not what I want. I know I shouldn't stay, but how am I going to leave? Because everyone thinks that I'm, you know, and, and it really kind of, it put me in a bad place. It put me in a bad place. And it was only when I decided, mm-hmm. you know what, I cannot live my life for everybody else. When I close that door at night and I'm unhappy, it's me that feels it. And as a parent, if I'm unhappy, for sure that's yeah. going to affect my children. So again, not, I didn't do it for my children, but I had, in order for me to show up as the best version of myself, I needed to step up and make some decisions that worked for me, not worked for this person or that person. And so again, this was another example of how people just stopped talking to me. Yeah, people stopped talking to me because I made decisions that were right for myself. Really? You know, how ridiculous is that? But, you know, this is... And so I'm saying this, especially to our listeners, because, you know, if anyone is out there and, you know, you absolutely know just like my like myself and like Kai, that something is just not working for you. I would really urge you not to be afraid to step out. Step out in faith because you everything you need and require mm-hmm. is actually within you. You have all the answers. It's just about whether or not mm-hmm. you have the courage and the faith to step out and to make that decision that's right for you. Is it going to be easy? No. You know, neither of us are telling you that, but but mm-hmm. what I would say is that you absolutely won't regret it. You know, as well, even as you're speaking, I'm thinking as well, because when we say, oh, it's not what we want or whatever, there's an element for me of feeling like, you know, you're, right. you're being spoiled. Like, what do you mean it's not what you want? Like, we're right. in the middle of a recession, even now, like, we're in the middle of a pandemic, what are you going to do? Like, and when you know it's not what you want, for me, like, what did that look like for you? Because for me, it looked like, mm. and I'm thinking back because this is probably 10 years ago right. now, and I didn't recognise it as what it actually was, right. if that makes sense. All I could say is I didn't want it, it didn't feel good and whatever. But when I literally think back now, as you're talking, I am talking about yes, it, the yes, literal, same, same. nauseous yeah, totally. The yeah, totally. wanting to physically be sick yeah. with that anxiety in your stomach, right? Nerves, you just feel the, like the sweaty oh, palms. Conversation again. Yeah, yeah. Being constantly on eggshells, being constantly like, yeah, you feel like you're almost like an alien in the world that you're in, and you're right. literally okay on a good day. You're getting through it because you're like, oh, it wasn't too bad, and da, da, da. and then there's a day that it, it does get so bad that you think to yourself, you are either going to flip. Because even now I'm just thinking about this actual boss that I worked with in the team. I mean, a lot of people, I think, just became numb to it and would just be like, do you know, mm. we, we need to just get our heads down, otherwise we'll get in trouble. We need to keep up with the demands. We need to, do you know what I mean? It just became this, mm-hmm. we've got to fight through it type thing. And for myself, in being such a team player, I knew that I'm, I, I mean, I am still am. I'm a hard worker. So in working so hard, in literally being on the brink of tears on a daily basis, not being heard. I was like, this is not the way to prove that you're a good employee. This is not, do you know what I mean? No amount of tears, no amount of screaming, no amount of complaining 
was making any amount of difference. And again, just realizing I'm working my finger to the bone. I, I then got the other end of the spectrum, just going, you know what? I'm going to do what I can do. Mm-hmm. I can't give any more because I ended up coming in on weekends. I was working late. But if I, God forbid, got five minutes later back from my lunch break, there was, you know, someone's got to say something. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? I just took a walk around the park mm-hmm. to get some fresh air and have my sandwich. But there was always something to be said. And again, it just goes back to not being appreciated. You know, I used to think, oh, maybe I'm being too this, maybe I'm being too that. I just need to get my head down and work, whatever. But I'm like, no, like, you can be a good boss and be a good leader by saying thank you to your team and recognizing the efforts they're doing. So just realizing that anxious feeling, mm-hmm. that nausea, that that just terror of walking back into that office in that space or having the breath of fresh air on the weekend and then this sudden dread feeling. It's not healthy. It's not healthy. It's not healthy to feel like that and it's not healthy to normalise things like that. And again, for our listeners, you know, if ever you find that you're in situations like that, know that it's not okay, you know, and your mental health, your well-being is so much more important than what other people are going to think if you make a decision. I mean, handed in that notice, I I cannot, because I tried different approaches of saying, you know, I think I want to go part-time because I want to go back to college and study. And my my boss pretty much almost laughed in my face, was like, you know, part-time, go back to college, you know, whatever. And again, wasn't very encouraging of further training. Anyway, um, that was one of my solutions to get out of the job. Mm. And then when it eventually came to the conclusion, I had this light bulb moment going, I just need to resign. Mm. <clears throat> um, the sheer relief, relief yeah, sure. <laughs> of that decision, I think I jumped out of bed maybe at like five in the morning. I s- practically skipped into work on the train that day. And when I got in earlier than everybody else and I had had this letter printed and I folded it up and I put it with you know, a lot of terror, and I put it on my boss's desk, watching him come in, watching him get the letter, and then realising, crap, she's going to leave. The conversation, and of course the dialogue, was like, oh, so so how about, you know, what, what are those options you were speaking about? There was no option, no amount of money, no promotion that could have had me to stay exactly. at that point, because I had reached this point of no return. There you go. But the sheer, because I knew I had to obviously work my notice, but the level of relief and the breath of fresh air that I felt is so incomparable to any other feeling I would never go back and that is what when I realized I'd made the right choice I could literally stand straight (laughs) and I can totally totally resonate with that you know again you know the choices I made about my relationship and in my life were the right choices for me. And yeah. even if other people couldn't understand them, it didn't matter. Because yeah. it's not their life. And yeah. it's not, your life is not their life either. You yeah. know, you know how it makes you feel. Imagine every day you stepped into your workplace and you felt like that. Mm-hmm. No, that, that, that can't mm-hmm. be right. That can't be right. And I felt the same. I felt like a a butterfly in a jar. Right. Just suffocated. And this isn't because the person is bad or that they're doing bad things. No, this is what I feel. You just knew it wasn't. Right. Right, yeah. So, you know, if you come to me and you say, Marcia, I 
I don't, you know, this makes me feel this way. Who am I to tell you that you don't feel that way? I can't mm-hmm. argue with your mm-hmm. feelings, mm-hmm. you know? And I think too many of us um, do that. We try yeah. to tell people how they should feel based on our perceptions, I, our I projections. think situations like the ones that we have thankfully overcome, mm-hmm. it doesn't always get easier straight no. away, but the the reward of knowing how good it feels when you have made the right decision, make it easier to identify the next time around. Because you might have that come, you had that in your marriage, but that might come in another situation where you get the uncomfortable feeling, you try to stick at it and do all the things. But again, for me, it was that checklist of going, well, I know I'm working hard and I know that I'm Mm -hmm. doing this and I know that I'm trying to make it okay. This isn't working for me. I I tend to be very loyal to situations Um, but when it's not right, I'm much, much, much better and quicker at recognizing it now and going, do you know what? It's okay. And not feeling bad for making that decision. Um, I know that I'm doing it from a good place and I actually still try to make it okay for the other person, but they can't see what I can see. It's the vision in my head and it's the emotions I feel. So I know, and that gives me comfort that I'm doing the right thing for Mm -hmm. me and the other person eventually, hopefully will come around to what it is that needs to be right for them but I can't stay in that situation to make it okay for everybody else and make everybody else comfortable while I suffer Mm, mm, exactly and I think with the people for example in your life who stop speaking to you which I find crazy because it's your situation it didn't have to do with them at the time but anyway um Often, I think when when that does happen, it tells more about the person. Well, well, exactly, their... I was just going to say that that all that <laughs> is that you we become mirrors, don't we, um, for people, mm. and so it becomes uncomfortable because actually maybe it's something going on for them, um, and so and I and I've definitely witnessed that um, with people that are close to me that I've seen actually it's highlighted things that maybe they wish they had done but they didn't necessarily have the courage to do it and they may not ne- tell me that um mm-hmm. but I've realized why it was a trigger for them mm-hmm. well I think some people don't even know it themselves I think you know we've gotten so used to people you know maybe giving us the right advice at certain times but equally going and asking for advice and and sometimes validation from people outside when you go into the validation realm and people feeling like they can and should be validating and judging even when you're not doing what it is that they think you should be doing they then feel or take it upon themselves to uh go even further and then saying okay well I don't think we could be friends or you know they they deal with you in a different way and I think that just highlights so many of their own insecurities Mm. that even when you are flourishing you are taking the path that you need to take if they were secure in where they they are Mm -hmm. something consciously or subconsciously they'd be happy for you and go, do you know what, babe? I'm so relieved you've made some kind of decision. It may not be the decision I personally would have made, but I think it's the decision that you need to make ultimately for yourself. And I, you know, hopefully they, over time, they see that you were happier, you know, but to not speak to you because of that decision is, is crazy, but, but equally just highlights more of, I don't know, jealousy, envy, insecurity. There's a number of things that it could be, mm-hmm. but I just, mm-hmm. you know, again, for anyone listening, if that sounds like someone in your circle right now, um, it's hard to not take it personal, but you've got to kind of remember that 
the decision you make, you need to look in the mirror and be okay mm-hmm. with that. You need to go to bed and be okay with that. And if that is the ultimate good feeling and you know it in your inner being, in your heart, everybody else around you kind of has to come to terms that's with right. that. You know, and if, if they're not able to, that's more on mm-hmm. them than it is on you making them feel comfortable. You you have to feel comfortable before anybody else does because you're the only person. No one can feel for you. No one can live for you. No one can step into your shoes for right. you. You've ultimately got to feel all those things. No one can leave your marriage for you. Yeah. <laughs> Trade places, yeah. be like, do you mind just doing this divorce? And then <laughs> we swap places when it's over. Right. Like. Right. You know, we can't, and, and that's, that's I think, for me as well, when I've had to watch my sister making difficult decisions or I feel like she's going, I've had to really release. Yeah. yeah, because at times it's just like... No, no. And that's why even being a coach, um, you know, I, I think that's probably one of the things that's made me a successful coach is that I'm able to detach myself now. Uh, more so mm. having experienced certain things myself and mm-hmm. knowing mm-hmm. that I didn't need people to kind of judge me in that way I just needed them to listen but not necessarily to have the solution I had the solution um Mm -hmm. and so I'm very much like that with my clients now you know I'm Mm -hmm. I am a facilitator I can't Mm -hmm. do it for them I think it's it's that trusting and knowing that eventually they'll get it and we we don't know when that will be it could be the penny drop moment today. It could be the penny drop moment in a year's time. But you're right, having that facilitator in the middle kind of explaining or listening and encouraging to move further down that mm-hmm. path. And I think for people, obviously, who come to you for coaching, will need to be in the space of, you know, receiving that cool. and, and wanting to see that, do you know what I mean, being open. So, again, if that's you listening, just try to be open to all the possibilities and not closed off um because eventually you will get it you know as i said i complained for six months before i resigned right. at this job because it doesn't come over no definitely you not know, we're it. talking about you know major decisions life-changing decisions and so they don't come overnight we don't just get up and you know they're things that we think about for for, for varying lengths of time yeah. um and we need to be sure we need to be sure Wow, that oh my was gosh. a great conversation. I was saying it brought back that. so many memories of, of the past life. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really proud of us because we've, we've made way. some epic decisions and we have just unapologetically been ourselves and look at us now, flourishing, eh? <laughs> Always flourishing, not that we weren't before, no. but looking back on our younger selves going, wow. You know, we've we've had to make some brave decisions, definitely, so, and had to endure quite job. a lot of pain a lot <laughs> along the along the process as well. You know, but it's all been learning. Um, and for me personally, I wouldn't change anything. Mm-mm. No, that's why we're so similar as well. I think we can both recognise there's been some kind of evolution. Mm-hmm. Just congratulate each other along the way, man. Amen to that. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, we are going to wrap up now. But um, again, just uh, if you'd like to 
follow myself. Um, you can find me on Instagram at McLeod, where I post daily inspiration and um, have lots going on on my stories. And also, if you'd like to read my blogs and find out what's going on in and around my world, you can hop on over to my website, which is www.marcymcleod.com. You can find me. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and uh, usually having some kind of daily inspiration or dialogue back and forth with how you can become the best version of yourself. I help you see you and just tap into your greatest power. So if you're needing a bit more assistance with that, I do have a workbook called I Am What I Say I Am, and it helps you look at your strengths, your weaknesses, and just really focus on the things that you can take and get to the next level so that is available on amazon um, and of course you can check out more on my website i am simply um but master and i actually have a collaborative project called your mind matters and that's a 12-day online course where you are able to get daily emails and you know helping to grow your mindset and building your confidence and it's just 22 pounds 22 hence so uh, we'll leave the details for that in the description below also and uh, let's do this together we can grow and be the best version of ourselves. so yes that is us for now um do you have any closing thoughts um not really no <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for listening and we'll see you next week Bye. Bye. Bye.